wanted to introduce Dot Yam and Tiffany Baxter, who are going to run the next presentation for us. So thank you. Thanks, Joe. Thanks, Joe. Well, a very warm welcome, and I think uh, we went around and say hello to uh, some of you. So for those of you that missed out, a very, very warm welcome to you. One of the things that we both agree when we were driving here uh, is that we need to send you a big congratulations for Definitely. your insight and awareness that uh, self-care is so important. Um, I was talking to some of you um, uh, back there, and I remember back in the 1980s, um, uh, there are a lot of um, articles actually written about nurses' burnout. And in those days, and uh, we've already started teaching about self-care and, uh, and uh, putting yourself uh, as the number one. Um, a person, and uh, I've written to area health and so on and so forth, but uh, the, the letters were ignored because uh, this is not a clinical cause. Why would we invest in nurses to go to a seminar that would care for themselves? This is not clinical, right? So in other words, what it says to me is that we care about the patients around us, the external environment, and yet we have got nothing about, you know, for us. My, my philosophy and my belief is that if we look after if we look after ourselves, then we have something to give because if the world is down, it's so low, we dig deep and dig deep and dig deep and keep giving, then it's nothing to give at the end of it. Right? So that's why we have got, uh, you come across situations where people are very cranky and they're very upset and they shout and they're, they're, they're not cooperative, they judge others, you know, everybody's lazy except me kind of stuff. <laughs> um, so they, it, it kind of, it builds a very distorted um, um, uh, picture. Um, so we are going to start today. It's actually all about you. Yay. It's about you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, Tiffany? Yep. I genuinely congratulate you to, um, for coming today. Um, I'd just like to introduce myself, if I may. Um, my background is in complementary medicine. Um, I worked also as a manager in an aged care service in the community for a few years, which I absolutely loved, and did my best at that time when I heard you to speak. I remember um, I was putting in about 600 services um, a week, and I had 17 AINs working for me. And I, I, at the time, it wasn't as significant, I guess, it was well, significant. I see the, more, the significance now that I work with everybody so closely the way that I do. I did my very best to make sure that the people, the, the AINs that were working in that organisation had a life outside of what they were doing. I did my very best to make sure that their, you know, that their needs were met. And like I said, I appreciate it more now than I did then. I was just feeling like I was doing the best that I could then. But I found it very rewarding to be part of a system that was supporting others in the community. Um, Dot loves me to tell everybody that I'm a chef by trade, somewhere in a very distant memory of mine, although these days I'm a firm foodie. I love my food and um, I certainly love the healthy side of food. It's a really something that I've focused on in my life for a good 20 years now, I'd say. Um, what I eat, when I eat it, why I eat it and what I drink. So um, today we're going to talk a little bit about food and we'll talk a little bit about emotional eating as well, um, but certainly it's one of my passions. These days, I get to work with the lovely uh, Dot Yam, um, and I feel very grateful to be able to be speaking with you today. Um, and another part of my work is I'm a personal and professional development coach, which means that I work with people one-on-one. -on -one. So, you know, they're at a fork in a the road, they're trying to work out, you know, what they need to do in their relationship, their career, their health, or some other part of their life. Um, and I get the privilege of being able to work on one-on-one uh, -on -one with them and help guide them forward in their lives. So I feel very privileged to do the work that I do and I'm very grateful to be here. I look forward to having some fun with you today. We are often known to be traveling interstate and we've got a pink bag that we drag behind us full of stuffed toys and chocolates and you know pieces of string and all that kind of stuff. So we, um, we often wonder what the x-ray guy thinks when we go through. <laughs> I don't have my stuffed toys today, so we're safe. Uh, however, we have some other things that we hope will be of interest to you and that will support you, um, like Judith said, as you go through doing the thing that you love to do most. I wrote an article which you have um, on your table in front of you and essentially I agree with Judith and that is, is that what we want to do is support you to be beside the bedside and not in the bed because without you, you know, where would the healthcare system be and where would those people that are there waiting for your support and care be without you? So, 
if we can encourage you in any way to take yourself and put yourself first and begin today, if you haven't already, to self-care, then that's what we're here to do. more about me when you're actually reading a little bit about my profile. I, I have a nursing background, very strong nursing background, and uh, I started my nursing career as an enrolled nurse. Um, and uh, now I, the, the rest is history. So you know, anybody can, can do whatever they desire to do. And uh, the main thing is that how do, you, how do you have the health and the vitality and the energy um, to actually go, go through the path? Yeah, I'm actually a lot older than, than I look. Uh, <laughs> this is about 110, but anyway, <laughs> and I will tell you some of my secrets today. Yeah. Okay. So. Um, okay. Great. I would really love to um, spend just a few moments asking, what's brought you here today? I'd love your, I'd love your take or your story on, on what brings you here today. So anyone would love to raise their hand or tell us all about it. That would be wonderful. Please. Just a couple of people, just what brought you the lady on the here list. today? Yeah, thank, thank you. you. Hi. Um, I work in kids' mental health, so um, it's usually very rewarding, but the last couple of weeks have been really stressful um, because of our clientele. They've been very aggressive. So when I saw the email come up, came up, um, I thought this would be a really... Wonderful. Thank you. And of course, working with kids is like it's working with a family as well, isn't it? Yeah, indeed. So somebody else, please. I've been working in eye care for a long, long time, but lately because a lot of things changing in the eye care yeah. sector, we have a lot of very stressed uh, working, um, especially the changing of the like, computer system and the old people like me, I can't catch up, it's very stressful. Mm. And the management needs you have to do too. Do. You keep working, and situation if you constrain mayor in the computer system, you don't have time to yourself and your patient, and your necklace, and you, you stretch out. So that I think this was helpful. Yeah, right. yeah. and, and I think um, um, a lot of you, um, um, when I went around and talked to people, the, the one common theme is that that it, the external environment is constantly changing, demanding and uh, unreal expectations. Um, so how do I actually look after myself first so that I, I can build that, that the stable platform to actually deal with whatever comes along? Because that change in the environment, there's nothing I can do about the change, as it were, but how do I maintain my stable platform? And that is where we're coming from, yeah. So maybe we will start and then... It might Might have one, oh, yes, one, one more. more this lovely Thank lady you. put a hand up. Thank you. Thanks, Louise. Thanks, Sarah. Hi. I work in um, nursing administration and um, I recognise that my resilience level has dropped significantly in recent times and finding it really hard to keep going. And despite my looks, I'm actually younger than I look. <laughs> And uh, the, the face of um, retirement within 10 years just seems um, amazingly scary for me. Uh, one thing that I want to say actually is that, um, which is relating to all the people's feedback so far, and then that is that, um, let's, say, let's say take me as an example. I am me, but I also step into different roles. So I might be a role of a mother, I might be a role of a nursing administrator. I might be a role of a sister, a niece. I could be, I love dancing, so a dancer. So that's kind of, we, we in life, we have many, many different roles. And each role, there's an expectation. There is a demand. You know, as a nurse, yeah, there is a demand. There is a certain set of expectations. So we're constantly fulfilling, try to fulfill those roles and also, look at, like if I turn you all into mirrors, every person I look at will give me a different image of me. So then I will have to guess, oh my goodness, Emily's looking at me like that. Well, well, what is she expected of me? Yeah, and Anne, Anne is my mother-in-law. So what is she expecting of me? You know, so I'm constantly looking around, looking around, looking around. And see, my head is already going quite crazy um, because I want to fulfill others' expectation of me, right? But 
I'm actually stepping into this each role, but that interpretation of I have to fulfill every role and meet everybody's expectation could be a, quite a real one, and that really stresses us out. But if we have the stable platform of I know who I am, I know I have a stable platform, I know my values, I know what I do, my decision, how I make decisions, and so on, and I'm clear about me, the person, the authentic self, as it were, some people might call it, then I can decide what it is that I do rather than meeting other people's needs and as a result, not meeting my own needs because I come first, my needs. But I then, the question is, do I know my needs? Yeah, do I know my needs? So the first part of what we're talking about is really, is about knowing yourself. And, and, and then we can manage the external environment a lot better. Yeah, without jumping all over the place to meet other people's needs as it were. And that's a very big one. Yeah. Oh, I know it's morning, but it's about chocolates just for the next few minutes. So, what I'm going to do is I'm going to give you two imaginary virtual chocolates. So I want you to imagine that I've given you two chocolates and you've got them in both hands, but not too tight because they'll melt. And what I'd like you to do is I would like you to consider or actually decide quite clearly and firmly who you're going to give your two chocolates to. So it can be somebody inside the room or outside the room or anywhere in the universe. You've got two chocolates. I just want you to decide who you're going to give them to. So not, don't have a discussion between you. I'm only going to give you about 10 seconds and then I'm going to ask you a few more questions. So you've got two chocolates. Who are you going to give them to? 10 seconds. <laughs> Gee, dot, dot's, te dot's, dot's 10 seconds a little bit quicker than mine. Okay, so if you gave both of your chocolates to two other people other than yourself, could you please raise your hand for me? Great. And if you gave one of your chocolates to somebody else and you gave one to yourself, raise your hand for me. Great. And if you gave both chocolates to yourself, could you raise your hand for me, please? <laughs> nice work. Lovely. Okay, so this deserves a round of applause and you'll see why. The point of the exercise is, is that the people that gave themselves their chocolate, both chocolates to themselves, at some level, for some reason, and we don't know why, and it, that's not really the point, is that they put themselves first. They said, actually, I get the chocolates today. The chocolates are for me. I'm keeping my chocolates, all of my chocolates, and I'll do whatever I like with them, eat them all at once, look at them longingly for a while, then eat them. Because today is about self-care. Today is about putting you first. Today is about deciding. That moment of time could be for somebody else or it could be for me. That action that I take could be for somebody else or it could be for me. And it's about drawing a line in the sand and saying, today is the first day of me saying, I come first. When we consistently put other people first, like Dot was just explaining, and we meet other people's demands and expectations all of the time, we begin to have a very, very empty, hollow well that we are trying to draw our reserves from. Lovely Louise over here talked about that redu reduction of resilience. So when our well is empty and we are giving everything to everybody else and we don't take something for ourselves and decide that we're worth it, we can do it, regardless of the... Um, uh, often people say to me that they feel guilty. Uh, I feel guilty. I, I can't, I couldn't possibly eat both of the chocolates because I would feel terribly guilty about that. And I would go on to say that, you know, you know, in today's times, we're very accustomed and we're very conditioned. And I, excuse me just for a moment, gentlemen, but as women, as mothers and carers, and then also in our professions, and then gentlemen, you have other expectations where you're expected to give your time in, you know, in lieu of money in order to provide for your family. So no one actually escapes that, that situation where we have to give more than, to others than we actually take for ourselves. So if you're willing, Mentally, is it normally if I had a smaller group, I would have a line on the on the um, floor in front of me, and I have everybody cross along that cross across the line and say, "Today is the day that I decide that I come first. So, if you haven't made that decision and you'd like to, then I would ask you to mentally and just somehow in yourself decide that today is the first day for you. So, I'll give you a couple of seconds to to choose that. 
So I would give the chocolates to them. To your twin, twin granddaughters? So I yes. would give them the chocolates and yeah. I would get a lot of pleasure out of that. Yes. So in some ways you lose your pleasure if you're giving it to somebody that you really want to give it to by keeping it for yourself. So where does that fit in? So where it fits in, Anne, is making sure that you've already had two chocolates before you give another two chocolates to somebody else. Because I don't, I don't eat chocolate. <laughs> <laughs> Lloyd, well, <laughs> Lloyd, I take your point, but I know that if I gave you something that you did love, whatever yeah. that, maybe it's cake, maybe it's, you know, who knows what it would be, maybe yeah. it's skydiving. Yeah. If I gave you though, yeah. that thing that you wanted and yeah. I said to you, are you keeping it for you or are you giving it away? Ultimately, mm. because we're talking about self-care, I would like to think that you chose the skydiving for yourself. And then if you want to take a friend with you, like Anne would like to give her chocolates to her grandchildren, you've already done the jump, but you've encouraged your friend to come with you so that you can have the joy of sharing it together. So, so long as you get the chocolate first or the thing that you love first and you've given that to you and you have reserves and resilience and extra for somebody else, yes. perfectly fine. Yes. If you've got all the yes. reserves in the world, go ahead, go crazy, give it to everybody. What, I, what I'm um, wanting to illustrate is that if your well is empty and you haven't skydived, eaten your own chocolates, had that bit of cake, gone on the holiday, had some time out, meditated, whatever it is that cooks your biscuit, floats your boat, whatever that is, if you haven't done it for you, then you won't have it for somebody else. So make sure you eat your chockeys first and then give somebody else your chockeys. Yeah. Oh, are there another chocolate? Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, uh, it's, uh, it's your discernment. And of course, you know, when you discern and you, if you are really hungry or thirsty or really, really tired, exhausted and so on, uh, then the clarity, your, it, 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 you lose the clarity of your decision making. So then um, um, you, give, you, you give, you continue to give, continue to give. And, uh, you know, like that, it's like um, you don't, you forgot about that you are, you are here, you come yeah. first. Uh, Which, and and, oh, and that is the thing, you know, I mean, like, for example, excuse me, yes, yeah, for, um, like uh, with Anne, Anne uh, has the great pleasure of giving the, the chocolates to the grandchildren and seeing them very happy, right? Mm. And that's, that's great because Perfect. that is a conscious decision. Sometimes we get into a habit, as it were, that in the loop of not caring for ourselves and keep on giving and it becomes, because every time we take action to do something, that action actually go to our memory bank and actually store there. So it becomes a reaction, yeah? And uh, we'll talk more about, a little, or a little bit about uh, neural pathways and how you can rewrite the neural pathway for yourself, yeah. yeah. In the meantime, the, the slide that I've chosen um, about the oxygen mask, so everybody know when you're on an aircraft, if it depressurizes, what's going to happen? Exactly, who do we give it to first? Right, why is that? That's right, because if you don't help yourself, you can't help anybody else. Linda, Thanks, Linda. Linda is uh, giving another perspective, and uh, she thinks that uh, self-care, uh, well, for example, this particular, in this particular example, is that you don't put an oxygen mask on yourself first, because you've got to see to somebody who is incapable of looking after themselves. Now, the analogy here is that there's a child there, so, right? And, uh, and uh, we're saying that to put the oxygen mask on yourself first, then you are in a position that at least you're not hypoxic to actually attend others, right? So that is, that, that is, that is our perspective to encourage you to do the same. So I'd like to yeah. hear uh, another perspective, please, or your perspective, thank you. I struggle to take this advice myself, but I give this advice out every single day. Um, sometimes it's a fasting child and a parent surely would not be eating in front of their fasting child, but we try and sneak the parent away, tell them there's paperwork, just get them that opportunity because you cannot fast all day with your child. We see the repercussions of what happens when that happens. As well as that, a breastfeeding mother who is feeding their child and does never step away from the bedside, it's obvious your baby comes first, but in order to look after your baby, we have to remind the families that you need to look after yourself. I've been reminded by nurses that I work with to take my own advice. So in reference to the first question where I didn't put my hand up, that's why I'm here today, because I use that line. I've, I've only flown, you could count on my two hands how many flights I've taken, but I use that line very regularly at work. So I just wanted to reiterate what you've said today, Dot. Thank you.
I just want to have somebody else just just, just to see what they what they think about it because this is the this is a key issue and that is do we give ourselves first so that we're in the best position to care for others or we care for others and then where 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 are we then yep I'm I'm a practicing Christian and I find this a little bit conflicting with my Christianity sometimes sorry <laughs> As a Christian, it's all about giving, 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 and that's where my conflict lies. But I understand that I must be self-caring as well, because I know if the world's dry, I've got nothing to give. Yeah, so it's, it's a bit of a balance. And, and I empathise with that, because, um, um, you, you know, I, I remember I was told that, you know, the, um, that we are core sisters because uh, there is a, there's a, there's a lot of, uh, you know, go, going back to history, that nursing um, is sort of like, um, a, um, in the old days, that was sort of in line with the religious beliefs and so on, and that is caring, giving, giving, giving. Um, the truth is that if we keep on giving and not replenish, then we have an empty well. And, um, and so this is hence the, the concept of looking after yourself first. So uh, let me just uh, give you another example, and that is that, I, I will, could you please hold your hand up as though you're holding a cup? Just reach, reach out with your hand, right? So if I say to you, okay, I'm gonna ask you to hold on to that cup for two minutes, would you do that? Well, some of you would, some of you won't. But then I said that, okay, you can hold it for two minutes, right? Okay, I'm gonna ask you to hold it for two hours. Now, you already said that, oh, well, that's a joke, right? That's a joke. Because if we are, if, and that is what we sometimes do as nurses, and that is we keep on holding to the cup thinking that, yeah, I'm a bit tired, but I can hold myself up with the other, with the other arm and I'll be okay, and I'll be okay. Oh, yes, the cup is getting, wow, I didn't realize a paper cup can get so heavy, right? It gets so heavy, and I'm dropping. But I, I you know, I lean on the table, but I'm still holding onto the cup. Yeah, the, the thing about it is that uh, we get spastic we, 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 because we don't care about ourselves. We dig, uh, deep, dig deeper and deeper and deeper until we have got nothing to give. And the care that we give to other, the patients will not be quality care. We'll just simply go in and do a task because we want to be there. And when somebody asks us to do an extra shift, we, de we really dearly want to say no because I'll arrange to, to have some time and uh, have, a, uh, have a dinner with, uh, party family with or my loved one and uh, wh whoever it might be. But they ask me to do an extra shift and I'm really, really exhausted. Um, but I'll say, all right then. Well, that's resentment. That's anger. That's frustration. Instead of saying no, we actually feel that we have to say yes and we need to turn that around by the way how many of you actually have regular tea breaks you remember those things yeah right we have over we have about 50 people here 65 i think yeah we've got that and well i can count well about 12 people perhaps just just raise their hand to say i have tea breaks have we forgotten that you know the the union and have done a lot of work like judith said before and one of the things is that to make sure that nurses have regular tea breaks coffee breaks lunch breaks because if we don't replenish we will not be able to do our work if we are actually externally thinking that patient comes first well then t then think about that because i'm not going to ask you to lose that sight because patients do come first, but we need to be in the best position to give them the best care. Using that as an example, that's fantastic, that's, that's a great example. I think why you're fighting it is because, no, no. But I'm just trying to explain that um, that's a one-off. So in an aeroplane, when the aeroplane's going down, yes, the idea is that you do put it on yourself, but of course you're gonna put it on the child first. But I've been, yes, but I've been a mother for nearly 20 years now and I had postnatal depression with my first baby and from the very beginning of that I was told to do something for myself every single day, even if that was put lipstick on or yeah. perfume on. Good advice. Okay, except that for 20 years I haven't done that, so now I'm at rock bottom. Yeah. So. And uh, I think um, as we go along, you will have more um, information about how to, to you know, uh, how to actually reinforce this analogy, as it were. Yeah. yeah so. And I would say, you know, every, you know, 
we're all adults in the room, which means we've experienced something of life. And I think we'd be hard pressed to find somebody in the room that hasn't had some kind of, you know, very challenging, very difficult, in varying degrees within their life. And the point of the story is that I, you know, self-care isn't going to necessarily solve that problem, whatever that problem is, whatever the situation is, whatever the life crisis is, whatever the, the, the tragedy is, because bad things happen to good people all the time. The point is, is that no matter what happens in life, the most important thing to do is to care for you to sustain yourself through the tough times. So whether that's on the ward, whether that's at home, whether it's in your friendships, whether it's in your own personal, some people live with chronic long-term health conditions, which I, I, I find unimaginable. And I can't only imagine how difficult that is. So most people have something that they're dealing with that everybody's sitting on in the room. And if I had to ask you, well, you'd give me something. The point is, is that unless we put the oxygen mask on ourselves, and unless we give ourselves the chocolates, unless we do the skydive, unless we do something, like this lovely lady said here, I'm sorry, I can't see your name. Thanks, Barbara. Like Barbara said here, some small thing every day, then we're going to find that when that life situation, crisis, tragedy thing happens, that we are going to have to, we'll be digging from an empty place that will make that situation more difficult than if we give ourselves something somewhere, sometime. Let's just work with this for a minute, because it says, if you don't put it on yourself first, you can't help anybody if you're dead. And that's true, right? So if, if you are not beside the bedside uh, and you're in it, then you really can't help anybody. So let's work on keeping you beside the bed. Let's work on you building your resilience. Thanks. Um, it's not Louise, it's Mary Louise, I think. You know, let's find that place where we put our lipstick on every day, we do the skydive, we are able then to give our chocolates to the people that we love. Because I know we want to share our chocolates. I do. I just want to make sure I've eaten mine first. So let's just work with that analogy. It's just, it's a metaphor for an experience. So bear with me on that. Because what happens is, is if we don't do that, then we do find ourselves in a difficult place. The consequences, the health consequences of, you know, continuous, uh, long-term stress levels are, can be fairly dire. All sorts of, you know, heart disease, diabetes, all, you know, the, the top five health concerns in the world today are very, um, very much lifestyle-driven diseases as opposed to um, communicable disease or some other thing. So this, this element of lifestyle in our health is vitally important to be addressed. So if we look at the factors that affect our adrenals, if you like, that level of stress. Because when we're keeping up with the Joneses, you know, buying the bigger house because we want to look like we've got it, making that, going on that super duper expensive holiday just to be seen to be doing it. When we are giving everything that we've got to everybody else and not taking care of ourselves. And these other factors are in play where we're stressed, we're overexerted, you know, we're not sleeping then the health implications of that then become a real concern. And so self-care is not only all that feel-good stuff about finding some time to meditate, taking some time out on the walking on the beach, it's also about ensuring that your long-term health sustains you to be in the profession that you love most. Because nurses do their work, what I'm, from what I'm told, because they love the work. So if you just take a moment and on your sheet it says list the top five stressors uh, or those, the factors that are affecting you, elevating your stress, keeping you from self-care. Just take a moment to do that for me if you will, please. The thing that stresses you out most, that keeps you most from self-care might not necessarily be on that list. Um, so if it's something else, go ahead and write that too. These are just a guide, just some prompts to get us thinking. This exercise is around identifying the things that are placing pressure in our lives, the things that are increasing our stress, reducing our ability to self-care, um, and potentially having long-term consequences around our health and the choices that we'll make regarding our work and our families and ourselves. So does anybody feel like fessing up and telling me the couple of top two things that are stressing them out? Lack of sleep, I'll say it, Excellent. Dot. Yeah, that's right. That's and right. poor eating habits. Great, very, very stressful yep. on the body, Somebody not sleeping and not eating well. Yep, go for it. The disrepair of your house. Yep. Physically, physically exhausted. 
<laughs> this lady has seen the house and realised, and she agrees it's a little in disarray. <laughs> Children, yep, son's still at home. Aging parents. Anybody else want to share there? Up the back. Co-worker with a negative attitude every day. That is a, definitely a tough one. Definitely increases our stress. And when we're stressed, we tend not to be able to focus on ourselves. And we're going to talk about that. Yep, inequity and bullying in the workplace. Very stressful. Okay. So we've identified our stresses. So we're starting to see where it's coming from, where the push is, where we're starting to, you know, have it, you know, increase our cortisol levels and put us into a state of fight flight. So there's another sheet. So there's another sheet underneath. I don't have it on my slide. Um, that is a tick sheet that says how you feel when you're stressed, the type of symptoms that you might have experienced, the adrenal fatigue, tick the boxes that apply to you. So if you'd like to, in this life where we're keeping up with the Joneses, where we're giving everything we've got to everybody else and not taking care of ourselves, where life is increasingly difficult, the mortgages are higher, petrol prices are more expensive, the pay is not increasing in, in line with that, just look down that list and just see the, where the consequences are of that experience of not self-caring for you. Okay, would anyone like to share their symptoms? And am I going to be the only one in the room that puts my hand up for lack of libido? Or is anyone going to join me on that? <laughs> Ladies, gentlemen, anyone? Or is it just going to be me? I'll put both hands up and go, you know what, I've been that stressed out. That was a problem. <laughs> if anyone, any, what's that, Linda? Some testosterone. Okay, I have the remedy. I'm going to be fine. Thank you, Linda. Thank you so much. <laughs> Would anybody else like to pop their hand up and just shout out for us their top or their favourite one, their, their symptom? <laughs> yeah, lady up the back. Yes. So just seeing that, it's like, oh, come on already. Come on, help me out here. I need some support. And it's like, no, nah, everyone's lazy and they're doing nothing. I'm doing it all on my own. Yeah, gotcha. I hear you. Yeah, it's. And tell me more about the symptoms. Tell me more. Does anybody else want to fess up? And get, lovely lady here. Yep. Reduced tolerance. Reduced tolerance and increased frustration. Yes. 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 Absolutely right. So finding yourself stressed, I was like, oh, don't tell me one more thing because I just can't. Yeah. I'm yeah. Sick yeah. Of it. yeah. I'm just going to say lowered immunity. Lowered, lowered immunity. immunity. Oh, that's Absolutely. a very big one. That's a very big one. How many of you, to, uh, up to this point this year, have already taken some sick leave? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, the majority. Yeah. And how many of you have actually said to yourself, I feel really crooked today, but I, I got a soldier on. Does anybody remember <laughs> that Codrillac? And you still go to work with your germs. Yeah? Yep. Yeah. Does everybody remember that ad, the ad for Codrill cold and flu, soldier on? We just yeah. think that is the worst message on the planet. Yes. <laughs> we, yeah. are, we do not subscribe to that mentality, marketing or mindset. We do not. Yeah, the feeling just, of tiredness. The feeling of exhaustion. It's like a, you're like a chronic thing, isn't it? That tiredness is like a chronic thing, yeah. and then it becomes, it becomes sort of like uh, I feel exhausted, but um, I've been feeling exhausted all the time. So there must be it becomes normal, as yes. it were, until that chronic, that chronic fatigue thing, uh, you have an acute onset of it. Then you feel totally exhausted, and you can't get out of bed. Yep. Um, then you, you, you're just saying that, well, I can't get out of bed today, I have to uh, call in sick. Yep. But then you feel, how do you feel when you have to call in sick? For those of you who are not used to calling in sick, guilty. you feel guilty. Yeah. So that is a very big emotion that is, um, that is uh, you know, the guilt is a, is, is, a, is a big emotion we have to deal with. Yeah. Yeah. So totally um, so compounded, you yeah. see. There are certainly lots of different factors in the workplace. Absolutely. A lot Which of, are a very lot stressful, practice. right? Yeah. yeah very yeah. stressful. Right, that's right, and and uh, yeah, and burnout is actually um, exhaustion at the soul level. So it's very, very, very deep, and this is why that as you as you listen for for a moment, then in fact the next uh, the next thing uh, that um, uh, is the is the method is you know the, the understanding, the awareness, and also the strategy to turn that around. Yeah, yeah, to, to begin. turn that around, to begin turning because it around. Yeah. Lloyd, what you're saying is right. It's these entrenched, intrinsic, it's these yeah. things that we just accept as. It's just the way that it is. You know, we don't self-care and that's because we just don't have time. 
or we don't put ourselves first because, well, nobody else does, or we feel guilty, or there's some... It, and it's really... Our fear is, is that this level of living or this, this way of living and this sort of mindset that we've adopted is... It, firstly, it's not healthy, and secondly, it's just become the norm. We've just decided that stress is normal, putting everybody else first is normal, keeping up with the Joneses is normal, having to earn more money, do all these things to look good, be perfect on Facebook. I mean, come on already, right? So it's all these pressures that we have that we've decided are actually normal and acceptable. The difference, be we do a lot, of, Dot and I do a lot of work around leadership in our other workshops. And I say every single time, when you decide to be a different kind of a person, when you decide to be a leader, you know, this is self-care today, but we're talking about leadership. When you decide to be different, let's say that, when you decide to go against the norm, then you're going to get some pushback. You're going to get some funny looks. You're going to get people telling you, that's not the way we do it around here. We do it this way, and you better do it like that, otherwise. And I appreciate the pressure, so don't, this is, I'm just giving you a general overview of, when we make a change, we get pushback, often. Yeah, yeah sure. Sorry, I just want to say, 30 years nursing, midwifery, and everything that you have said, 16 months ago, I had a month's holiday. The, the night before I was to go back to work, I just could not mentally go through those doors of that hospital. Yeah. And I have had to take carer's leave. Well, I, you know, that's, I look after my husband too, but sick leave, I'm taking everything. And on long service, half pay, so I'm like willing financially to suffer because I really feel I cannot go through the doors of that hospital ever again. So I just want to see if anybody else feel that way. I don't like the feeling this way. I want to work, but I'm going to have to find alternative work because I cannot do hospital work ever again. Yeah. I really feel like I've got PTSD. Yes, from, like I it. really do. Um, yes, um, what came to mind when you were talking about, you know, taking breaks and, you know, looking after ourselves and, you know, the stress has become the norm. What I've noticed, and you all would too, for such a long time, it's, it's almost the, the staff um, want, want to push on because they want to appear that they're strong, they're coping, yeah. um, they, you know, they're superheroes. Um, I work in a critical care environment at the moment. Um, and they're almost rewarded for that as well, because when I mentioned the point earlier about some, you know, inequities, um, if it's also a way to progress in your um, in your area, you are given more opportunities. If you are seen to be strong, coping, you can, you know, push through anything, and that's becoming the norm. Thank you for sharing. And also, too, all of you sitting here, maybe for the, maybe for, you know, uh, the first time, maybe, maybe not even that, is, is that, yeah, we are all in the same boat, so we need to do something about it. Now, let me give you the good news here, and that is that, let's say there are 50 people here, I know that there are more, but let's say 50 people, each one of you be the leader to make one change, one small change, Put your lipstick on. <laughs> you know, one small change. Sky dive, I'm waiting then for the you know what? You are actually breaking a cycle, and 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 you're breaking a cycle. And also, to you be the leader to make that one change, and then you tell another one person about your change and how you're going on the path of caring for yourself. Number one, then each one of you tell one other person. You have got a hundred people, right? Because there are 50 people here, you tell one person each. You only have to influence and persuade one other person to follow your lead. You have 100 people. 100 people talk to one other person each, you have 200 people. That is how we need to spread the news. This is how we need to spread the news. But we can't spread the news if we don't set the example. Oh, this is this. My favorite expression is this. Yeah. It's the choices we make and the actions that we take that creates change, determines our success, gets us where we want to go, gives us what we want. So, and um, talk just very briefly, it's that idea that when we make a change, that can feel odd and weird for other people. And sometimes that means that then we choose not to do that. The point is, is that you choose you, which is why I gave you two chocolates and gave you the opportunity to give them to you. And we use that analogy of you first. And I'm going to say it 100 times today, it's about you. Because if you want it to be different, it won't be different unless you make it, unless you make a change to make it different. 
So while we accept the norm that we have to look for perfect on Facebook and keep up with the Joneses, however it is, whatever the scenario is, while we accept it and we don't change just ourselves and we can't change, the key to this is you can't change anybody else. You can only change yourself, only ever. So in changing ourselves, sometimes we influence other people and sometimes we don't, but the point is that you begin to change you. And I know that um, this forum happened because there was an overwhelming response from the, your profession that said we need this kind of information. So what I'd like to do next is, I'll hang this up for you at morning tea if you'd like to take photos or write it down. So what I'd like to give you, <clears throat> I'm, I'm aware that, let me just pull this out, I'd like everyone to see this as much as possible and I'll do my best to show you. So we've identified, a, it's just an expert, it's just, it's whatever it is, whatever it is yeah. that drives you yeah. to that point where yeah. you're so stressed. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah. just bear with me for a second. It's whatever it is that takes you into that place where you're so stressed that you forget to self-care or you don't choose to self-care. So it could be anything, whatever it is, whatever the pressure is for you, whatever takes you away from yourself um, is the thing to note. So let's look at a methodology to begin to We've identified some of your stresses. We can see the thing, the, you know, we can see the symptoms of that. So what we need to do then is like, what are we gonna do about it? So what I do is, is I use this acronym. It's called HALTS. And you may have seen it used in other applications as well. Just write what it stands for. So HALT stands for hungry, angry, lonely, tired, and sick around the other way. And what this acronym and what these words here help you do is identify where your stresses are coming from, as well as on the um, Adrenal Burnout Man chart that I gave you. So you have a couple of resources to find out where your stressors are because it's only when we know what they are and we can begin to unpack them and do something about them that we begin to create change. So who in the room is the kind of person when they're stressed? reaches for sugary foods, yep. And who reaches for salty foods? Who reaches for the coffee? Who reaches for the red wine? <laughs> We've got lipstick and red wine down the front here, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> so very often we reach for those types of foods, some stimulant of some kind, chocolate being one of them, the theobromine in it anyway. And so, what happens is that when we reach for those types of food, those stimulants, and some people are using harder substances than that, and I really want to acknowledge that because in today's world they're accessible and, um, and they are being used by people that you might not expect, maybe someone that you know. So don't discount that as well, and I don't either. Recognising that those types of choices, in, and when we use them and eat them and consume them, actually is, in, is very, very stressful for the body. It actually increases your adrenal um, function uh, or pushes it beyond its function actually and is inherently stressful. So the key then is to know that there are alternatives to those types of food and beverages that are actually supportive of us. So if you're finding yourself as one of those people that uses those types of food to reduce your stress, and if we wanted to just talk about emotional eating for a moment, Often those foods are used when we're emotional because they're the most soothing to us. So why we emotionally eat you know, is um, often because we're, we're very stressed or because we don't want to face a feeling that we have coming up so we use food to pull it down, which is why people also drink and smoke and use other harder substances because those feelings come up and they don't want to feel those feelings and so they choose. And I know there's a whole bunch of other psychology there. I'm, I'm generalizing. Uh, at the moment. And sugar and salt and caffeine and alcohol are, are very acceptable forms of um, keeping our emotions in check and making us feel good because how good does it feel when you're feeling really stressed out and you have that coffee? Feels great, right? Because then you don't have to feel, you know, you can just like soothe that, which is why we use it. The bigger picture on that and the long-term picture on that is that you're going to really take your body into a place where you're not doing it any service and you'll find yourself in that situation potentially where you're dealing with those physical symptoms, some of which are on that list, 
and others, those lifestyle diseases that are the biggest killers um, in our society today. So could I have some suggestions as to what we're going to do otherwise? If we're not going to use those types of foods and beverages and stimulants to reduce our stress, how are we going to support our bodies? Because what we're looking for here are solutions so that we can begin to self-care because those foods don't fall into the self-care category. What kind of foods and drink are we going to consume? Water, exactly. What else? Just shout it out for me. Caffeine-free tea, herbal tea. Herbal teas, great. Anyone else? Broccoli, anything else? Essential oils are very calming and we'll talk about that in sleep, absolutely. Yep. Ice cream. I'm actually going to put ice cream on the other side just for the moment, that sugar and fat, which is very, very soothing together, which is why it goes so well together. Quality protein, fruits and vegetables, seeds, nuts, water. If you're the kind of person, particularly on the ward where, you know, when we work in air conditioning, water, um, we don't feel like we're dehydrated, we don't realise, because the air conditioning, we're cool, so therefore we don't feel like we're, we don't realise we're thirsty. And also, sometimes, you can be the kind of person that water goes in here and it comes out here rather quickly. If <laughs> anybody relate. <laughs> if you can relate to that, um, a very, very, like the tiniest amount of salt, just like a couple of grains in a litre of water, literally grains, um, or a squeeze of lemon, or um, uh, there are other things, but those two are the easiest options, will actually help um, the, hydrate the cell, across the cell membrane, hydrate the cell and keep it hydrated so it stays within your body and does what it needs to do, and then you're not rushing to, like, trying, or holding on, you know, your whole shift, going, oh my god, I can't go to the toilet, one or the other. Okay, so there's some remedies. So, anybody, anybody finding themselves up to here with emotion, if one more person says one more thing, they, I'm going to lose my whole trolley. Right. Okay. I'm going to go through, let's just say, the, the negative, the, the cause of. Lonely. Anybody feeling unsupported, lonely, like they can't talk to anybody, like they don't, are not able to reach out. There was a wonderful study done by a woman called Susan Pinker who went to one of the blue zones in the world, which is the healthiest, longest living populations, one of the six. Uh, her research was about why they lived the longest and the determining factors. So she had 10 determining factors at five and four were what you ate and what you drank. At three was whether you'd had a previous heart attack or not. At two was an intimate relationship, like a close intimate relationship with one person, like marriage or relationship. And then at one was social connection. So bear that in mind, that as a remedy for loneliness, that lonely, unsupported feeling like you're not connected, it's essential for our self-care that we connect. If you're feeling sick and you're acutely sick, the short story is that you stay home until you're well. The chronic long-term condition is really understanding that um, we manage that as best we can, that we find the right people to support us in that experience so that it doesn't reduce our quality of life and that we get as much out of life as possible. If you're feeling tired, I am going to spend 30 seconds on this. If you're feeling, so let's just take um, night shift out of this equation. I know it applies to a lot of nurses. I just want to talk about, and I, it's a bigger um, situation to address. In general, if we're tired, and we're waking up tired, and we're feeling like we're not sure how we're going to get through our day, and we're not able to get to sleep, somebody said essential oils before, what else can we do to, in order for us to have a restful night's sleep? I'm looking for some remedies, please. No screen time before bed? Magnesium? Meditation? And a bath? Relaxation tapes, beautiful. Absolutely, so no stimulants as well, so none of those foods that we talked about before, screen time reducing that. Um, the essential oils, lavender on the bottom of your feet is a good one, it's very calming for the nervous system, lavender. Um, there are lots. The point of this is, and I'm sorry I've taken too much of your time and we've run out of time, the point of this is that you understand that on this side of the, the picture is what's stressing us, which means always there's an opposite which means there are solutions on this side, which we've just touched on. The idea is that if you're in that place where you're super stressed out, your self-care is at the bottom of the priority list, and you're needing to begin somewhere, this is a place to begin. Is it here? Is it here? Is it here? Where is it that it begins? Which one thing? 
one small thing, Dot said before, identifying one small thing that we can change and do for ourselves daily, thank you, that we can do in order to begin to self-care. It's drawing a line in the sand. It's deciding the chocolates, the skydiving, the lipstick is mine first. Filling your well, giving yourself some place to come from so that you can be beside the bedside, a grandmother, a friend, a daughter, to yourself, in your relationship, however it applies for you, wherever you want that, you know, wherever you, we, we're always, we are inherently giving to others and I think that's a beautiful thing and I love to do that too. The point is, is that I have enough to give, enough for me to feel like I'm good, I'm stable, I'm grounded, I'm sure about me, I have something to give and then I can give. What if you are rehydrated, you're not hungry because you're taking self-care breaks, and you are, you, your, your emotion, you're aware of your emotions and you don't get angry and frustrated or whatever it is, or minimize that, and you are supported, that your social connection and so on and so forth, and um, when you are sick and you know that and you take care of yourself first, and when you're tired, you, you know, like, you know, people do cat naps, so it's just 10 minutes, five minutes, whatever it is, and if you do all that, how will that change when you're facing a bully? How will that change when people are finger point pointing at you? How will that change when you are actually having looking somebody who is, who is sick at home and so on and so forth? And life is tough in general. And tough there. And there were challenges one after another and you're sick of that and you're always tired and so on. How would that actually change that if you only select to change even one thing? Yeah, think about that and be honest with yourself and choose one. Just choose one, like I just said. Just one. Begin. Just one thing, then you are breaking the circuit. You're yep. breaking the circuit. One thing consistently over time. It's the choices we make and the action. The action that we make on our choices that makes the difference. And if we don't begin, then we don't begin. Yeah. We don't choose, we don't act, then we don't change. So yeah. We, so we support you to to change. Yeah. So more about our choices uh, after morning tea. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you so much.